So here we go. Another fine edition of the Weekly Driver Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Aldrich. And today, my co-host, James Rea, is actually down in Monterey. Not for the car show, but for the uh, ATT Pebble Beach. I'm actually in Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open. So you're the longtime car journalist. And we're going to talk some cars today, various topics. Sure. One of those topics, uh, you had an opportunity to write something and they wanted your opinion for was it usa today did you say it it is yeah it was kind of interesting it kind of came out of the clear blue it's a an editor in one of their special sections who um is going to put out some information for uh readers of the newspaper and they're going to have some sort of contest i don't know much about that but it, it was interesting just to get my opinion and really i want to get your opinion about four different areas of um of the car world and she she listed four areas um listing my favorite car show or car shows, favorite NASCAR track, uh, favorite motorsports race, and my favorite attractions that might be of interest to other uh, car lovers, whether they're museums or driving experiences, etc. So it was really fun. I never really thought about it in that, in that uh, way. So I, I made a little list and I forwarded it to her this, this morning. So it was kind of fun to go through. So I'm, I'm really interested in um, you know, going through each one with you and finding out what you think as well. Sure. What uh, you say, a car show. So, what'd you pick for car show? Well, it's something that you and I have both been to. Um, I've been, we've been to the LA Auto Show, and now it's also including automobility. It's in. It's it's in. Oddly, it's held in November, but it's the first uh, major car show of the new year. So you see uh, new concepts. You see all of the alternative vehicle fuel, some uh, fuel cars, some for the first time, and then you see uh, lots and lots of new. Uh, editions of cars, new, new years of cars. So I listed that as number one, and then I kind of listed Monterey Auto Week uh, as number two with all the different things that are available at Monterey. So it's, it's sensory overload. And then I listed number three as another thing that you and I have gone to, which is called Pacific Coast Dream Machines in Half Moon Bay, California. And pretty much what I said about it is if you have 30 bucks, you can put your vehicle, your engine, or any kind of engine on display at this old airport, and I just call it the Everyman's Car Show or Engine Show. It actually is an engine show, that uh, Dream yeah. Machines. It's anything that has a motor, uh, and the more outrageous, the better. And then they actually exhibit them. They get to uh, let you see them run, and, uh, you know, if it's a tractor, the tractor drives, and if it's a, you know, a big block Hemi and a, heck, it could be in a race boat. They even have some boats there. Uh, they fire them up, and, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, what about what are your opinions about other shows that you've been to through the years, with the LA or Monterey Auto Week? If there's a specific area in, in either of those two things that, that you really enjoyed? Well, definitely Monterey uh, Auto Week because um, it has everything. Anything from the auction houses. I really like the auction houses because you get to see just a range of vehicles up close yes. and personal, and you get to see what they're worth, right? You know anybody yes, can put absolutely. a anybody can put a price on them and tell you what they think it's worth, but it's fun to go see what the auction block says it's worth. Absolutely, it's so it's so um, they go through so many cars and and there are different shows. You know the real highbrow cars, uh, and then the cars that we we you and I have both really like Meekum auction, uh, and I think when they go through five or six hundred cars in three days, it's pretty amazing. Right, and and there again, the cars drive right. You, they don't push yes. them. They don't push them up there. They're, the motors run, and they drive up there, up on the that, auction block right. and across. So, you know, that's kind of fun too. If it's a particularly loud car, good sounding car, 
So that's fun to do too. Um, yeah, I think uh, that Half Moon Bay. Uh, there's a, it's called a mini car. What what was that one? Remember that one down there at the Pebble Beach? That Meekum? week, uh, the car week. Yeah, it was Meekum Auctions. Yes, but they have mini cars. Oh, mini cars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, it, oh yeah. Because it's so yeah. unusual. It's stuff you've never seen before, or most likely. Oh yeah, that's the the, the one in Pacific Grove. That's uh, cars that are two thousand cc or smaller. That one. Right. As well. Yeah. The mini. Yeah, cars. that's the little the little car show. The little car show. Yeah, that's fun too. It's right on the main drag of Pacific Grove, and again, it's um, you know a car a car that might be worth a lot, but a car that might not be worth very much. But people who really love what they have and they they love to talk about them. It's a blast. Yeah, it's interesting to see the European cars. There's always a few there, not a lot, but the equivalent of, say, a Model T or a Model A from back in the 20s. You know, you never yes. you never think about what the Europeans were doing. And their cars were similar, but what, maybe three-quarter size of the American cars? Yes. They look like they're, you know, homemade kit cars or something. But those are yeah. interesting. And then, um, Bruce, on, on the number on the list, and then the second area she talked about was was NASCAR, and I have to admit I've never been to a NASCAR event, but I think you have, and I just listed Charlotte because when I've listed watched it on TV, it just seemed like an iconic raceway and kind of defines um, with the crowd, the enthusiasm, the racetrack itself, it kind of defines what NASCAR racing is all about, so... That, I know you know more about that sport than I do. So, what are your thoughts on on NASCAR? Yeah, Charlotte's a good one. I'd have to. I think everybody uh, who's never even heard of NASCAR has heard of Daytona, and the track uh -huh. there. That that have to be the that has to be to me the most iconic, best yes. track. That's a that's a bucket list to go to. And then also uh, Talladega. So oh, Talladega! Thank you. Yes, those two would be my number one. You know, I've been to like uh, Dover. Uh, Probably actually, <laughs> it's fun to watch, but it's probably not. Uh, wouldn't if I had to. If I could go anywhere, that wouldn't be number one. And Sonoma's not number one. The road course, the cars are too right. heavy and big. Uh, and I've been down to Fontana, and that's for some reason. Who knows what it is? It's never a uh, a close race or a. You know, there's not a lot of passing going there at Fontana, but boy, on a on a nice evening with the sun setting. Uh, Good weather down there. It is fun to see a race down there. Yes. And then um, we have a motorsports, a favorite motorsports race. And um, I listed uh, the Honda has a private museum that I've been to that you haven't been to. And I don't know why it's a private museum. There must be some reason or reasons. But when you go to it, the cars are beautifully spread out on this in this auditorium area. And there's one of every Honda every Honda car and every Honda motorcycle ever made. So you just get to walk around and if the curator's there, um, just to look through the timeline of, of Hondas, you know, from those little, what were they, Honda 600s back in the day um, to, yeah, to right. some of the, so now all the, you know, all the Accords and, and Civics and then we have the, all the SUVs now and trucks and, and it's just really fun to see the whole different lineup of Honda. I don't know so much about the motorcycles, but I've had a few of the Honda cars. It's uh, it's interesting to see the uh, the changes in them over the years. Um, Probably one of the one of the more famous uh, uh, museums I can think of is the old Harris uh, Museum in Nevada. It's been kind of broken up through the years. 
Not as good as it used to be. Yes, it, it's it's quite interesting. Yep. Uh, and I also put down uh, kind of in the same thing as the other one of the other categories is Mecham Auction, just because uh, the area in one in one respect um, they if they don't sell a car, it kind of goes out in this open field. You, I'm sure you remember. Then you could kind of negotiate with the owner individually. So you've got a, an auction within an auction. You get to kind of walk around the area and look at cars and see what people might be interested in. I think you and I saw or talked to a couple of guys a few years ago who were interested in a very specific Volkswagen uh, bug, and they were looking at the cars really carefully, trying to find a certain year, a certain style that had a certain thing, and, and I think that there was one uh, in the area that, of cars that didn't sell, and they, they were, I think they were going to pursue calling the owner uh, individually for another kind of negotiation, so that that's fun to see. Yeah, what is, they had a name for that. What was the name of that? The cor, the corral that didn't sell. I guess uh, yeah, people who put close to that. people who put uh, reserves on their car and it doesn't sell. It goes into the like the the next round of selling where uh, you know people yeah. might might phone the guy might phone and say, hey, I want that car. You know, it, it didn't sell at the reserve of ten thousand. How about eight or you know whatever. I don't yes. know. I don't know the negotiation, but the the auction still helps people negotiate that. Yeah, that was I didn't I didn't think that that existed, and that was that was fun to hear about. And I forgot what it was called. It was like second second chance world or second something. something Maybe that was it, the I, second I, chance corral or something like that. Yeah, yeah. second chance corral. Um, so that that's fun. And then I and then in the same category is that I I asked uh, I, I mentioned that um, you know it's fun to go to Meekum, and but I also mentioned that uh, in terms of cars driven, uh, I had. Uh, an opportunity, as you know, and you were in, uh, in one of them with me was uh, a, a Bentley sedan and a Bentley SUV. I know the Bentley SUV is the one of your favorite cars that we've um, had an experience with in the last few years. So Bentleys are really special. I mean, I've always said that they're kind of high-end pieces of artwork on wheels. They're just so beautiful and well-designed and upscale, and and everything about them is there's really no downside except you know they're very expensive. Yeah, the I. If I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but the Benton Yeager, yeah, the SUV from uh, yeah. Bentley, yeah, that to me, you know, those Bentleys, they're they're a statement car. They they do what they do well, uh, but it's look at me, that's kind of what it is type of car. But that that the exception was that Benton Yeager, it was actually subdued. I mean, yes. it, it looks like an Audi Q7 that it basically is, and most people wouldn't even know what it was. It's still what yeah. was it over three hundred thousand dollars? But the beauty of that yeah. was it was low key, and it did everything so well. Plus, you could take yeah. it off off road. What a great ski car, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I'm sure you're saving your uh, you and yeah. you and your wife are saving for that car now. Got to get that one. Yeah, you got to get that one. And, and of course, the interior was you know beautifully designed and had a lot of. I would have had like five or a six or a ten different settings of a massage that you could have in the front seat or the back seat and had a uh, uh did it have a flute area there where you could put your champagne glass and stuff that was over yeah, the top yeah yeah it had the it had the wine cooler in the back and that type of stuff yep so there was that and then um the last category was favorite motorsports race and and you and i have talked about this i i just got the biggest kick it's been quite a few years now but i I had the chance to go to the MotoGP race twice, both times at um, uh, WeatherTech Raceway here on the Monterey Peninsula at Laguna Seca. And I 
wasn't too thrilled about it because I knew it was going to be super loud, and I didn't really understand, you know, what, why these guys would want to race so fast on motorcycles. And then when I saw it, I was just completely enamored by you know, what these guys do and how few guys in the world do it. I don't know if there are any women MotoGP riders. Maybe there is, but the, the guys I saw were, you know, really well-known guys in their in their specific field. They all had uh, entourages of 20 people. They're all you know, really into it, and it was just fantastic to watch. So I, the MotoGP, I think there's only one uh, at uh, America Raceway in, in Texas, I think is the only place in the United States that has MotoGP. But what a fantastic thing to see. Yeah, it used to be at, uh, wasn't that, MotoGP used to be down there at, uh, it's called WeatherTech now, it was it used to, it's yeah, Laguna, Laguna Seca, but it's called, yeah, is that, that called WeatherTech? Yeah, they used yeah, to. Yeah, WeatherTech. Yeah, they used to race down there, but that's, now that's where I had, that's where I had that's where I saw it twice. It was, uh, um, you know, Valentino Rossi and uh, Colin Edwards, and there was the Hayden brothers. You know, these guys I Nikki Hayden. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I didn't just naive. I never heard of them, but those guys are. Then there's other younger guys coming in now, but those guys are just fantastic to see. Um, they're low-key demeanor, very laid-back guys until they're on the motorcycle, and then it's just Fearless. a whole other thing. Yep. Fearless. Fearless, yeah. So in, in, in terms of motorsports, what's the what's the best race or races that you've been to that you'd recommend? I think the best races are the ones where there are lots of lead changes. Uh, gosh, yeah. that's so hard to say. You know, I really like IndyCar racing. Yes, uh, but you know, I like the local dirt tracks too. With the you know the super modifieds, the winged, uh, the winged uh, cars, and on the dirt, I like that. And heck, I like mud bogs, and I like uh, tractor yeah. pulls too. You know, I like high horsepower up close. You know, so that's yes. But I guess Indy cars, Indy car racing on a on a uh, road course. Right, right. So. Um that was that. That's going to be. I, I look forward to seeing when this woman. You know, she hasn't responded to my answers or when it might be published. But it'll be. It'll, uh, we get to promote. To promote. I get to promote my automotive website, theweeklydriver.com, some in the publication, and we also get. We get to promote our our podcast in there. So that'll be nice to be in a, uh, a national publication. I don't know. I don't have any idea when it'll be out, but I'm assuming it'll be soon. So we'll. We'll give people a heads up, and I'll do a little post about it. So that's going to be a, a little plug for us in our in our um, the world in which we control our small world of our, our podcast. Hey, that's great. Uh, another yeah. topic: uh, Rivian yes. automobiles. Yes. What what was that? There's a new uh, press release on that from the uh, the guy uh, Skyringe is his name. He's like the he's the founder. He's the Elon Musk of uh, Rivian. Yes. Yes. He's and so. I guess this was uh, announced uh, June 10th. What's today, the 11th or the 12th? I'm not even sure. Today's the 12th, I think. Well, a couple days ago they announced. And all I could think of, Bruce, was when you you saw some James Bond movies or other kinds of movies where, you know, a plane, and and maybe in the military, I guess it happens, where a plane can refuel a plane in in midair. And so now on the road, now this Rivian, um, you know, one of its locations is in the Bay Area, is going to um, he and he, he announced uh, the guy that you mentioned they announced that it's pickup truck one Rivian would be able to charge another and I I find that that would be what an innovation if that's true I'm not quite sure 
how you find, if you're a Rivian owner, when you become one next year, I guess, how you find another one to recharge, if that's part of the equation. Maybe there'll be an app that <laughs> you put the app in and you say, hi, John, this is Fred. I'm over in, uh, I'm in Monterey, but I'm in Carmel. Can I, can I, can we meet and I can charge my car? I don't know how, how that's going to work, but I, I've never heard of that in the automobile world. Maybe, the automobile world, maybe you have, and, and you know, what do you think? Have you had a chance to check it out at all? You just touch them together, back tailgate to tailgate, and they charge like the new iPhones and uh, your Android products now. Wow. I'm kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> they're going to have to... Uh, um, it's they, truck sex. It's truck yeah. sex. <laughs> they actually, they said there's going to be some onboard batteries you can buy, kind of like uh, they, they make the uh, analogy of uh, carrying gas cans. Like if you're on a jeeping trip, you know, the jeeps have gas cans. Well, this would be you can buy auxiliary batteries you can store and so that uh, you could actually with these stored batteries they didn't say what size i guess it'd be like suitcase size really if it's going to do anything right be it'd be heavier than heck Um, yeah you can take those whatever these modules are and uh you can share it just like a gas can you go here i got an extra 10 gallons here here's my uh my suitcase here plug in for an hour and a half, and you got some more juice. Yeah, here it is. I'm reading through the press release, and it says um, the CEO uh, also announced that Rivian models will be able to share a charge with one truck charging another on a peer-to-peer basis. If one truck run, runs out of range off-road and another has the accessory batteries and enough juice to get home, the second driver could directly lend the first a charge, for example, like siphoning gas from one car to another, or lending a gas can. This would be a first for electric vehicles. So it's exactly what you just said. Peer to peer, yep. That's, yeah, that's they're, like they're, Apple Talk. That's right, that's right, Apple Talk. <clears throat> but it's, it, it strikes me as, you know, one more example of the, 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 the cliche of the future is now. Who would have thought that that would ever be part of the equation where, you know, um, you, you could do that. And, and it, it's, it's just one more example. Everything I read about Rivian, I, I can't wait. I, I, haven't put any deposits down on the buy, buy one. I'm not saying that, but what a, what an interesting truck and, and SUV that's going to be. I can't remember. I just can't wait for it to see my first one coming down the road. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. One thing that Scaringe also mentioned was uh, battery charge rates and that his were amongst the, the fastest in the business. And he was getting down on, I think he mentioned Tesla for these unrealistic yes. charge times. He says if you uh, charge him as fast as what uh, Tesla is quoting uh, in 30 quick charges, like they're mentioning, you'd, the battery would be shot. Oh boy. So, so he says the industry really needs to get to some kind of a standard where it's a realistic charge rate that could be used over and over again and not destroy the battery. Well, he said, I mean, uh, uh, it's far more advanced than I have knowledge of, but it sure sounds it sure sounds like this guy's uh, an, innovator, an innovator with, uh, um, let's just say, with more with his feet on the ground than, than uh, uh, Mr. Musk, who, you know, has so many things going and is very outspoken and this guy sounds a little bit more, 
even killed, so to speak. <laughs> At least to me, it does. I wonder how you say his name properly. Anyway, his well, name his name it sounds like uh, it sounds like a bad guy in a James Bond movie, Mister yeah, Mister Scaringe. Yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to get some knowledge on that. And I mean, speaking of the same thing, I think I we were also you know mentioned another unusual name. This I don't know how you say it again. Sangu Sangui Sangu Motors introduces a bold. Nuwa brand of affordable electric and alternative fuel vehicles with unique engineering, manufacturing, and, a, and, and its business model. And um, I don't know if you saw the picture, but boy, it may it may go right on the top of that all ugly car list. It's uh, it just looks incredibly ugly, and uh, it's a new two-door vehicle, uh, unique modular configured vehicle, the size between a passenger car and a one-ton truck compact SUV will need, meet the needs of active families with room for four people in their gear. Uh, and it's, you know, again, all electric with all kinds of new things, or at least new things that are promised. So did you have a chance to check that out as well? Yeah, I checked that out. It's, uh, it looks like Sun Gao, Sun Gao Motors from uh, South Korea. And they're yes. putting out a whole line of cars. And they, the cars look to me like, you know, it's, you know I think a golf cart has more style and grace than, than <laughs> what they're building, and they're touting they're touting their plastic body. Well, they don't say plastic; they say uh, what's the word they use? Carbonated or composite is the word they use. Uh, yes. But it's plastic. Um, you don't don't need to paint the surfaces, and what a wonderful thing this is. But yeah, their car is so ugly that uh, yes. I think you'd be stoned if you drove up in that it'd thing. Be, it'd be like driving a new version of the Pontiac Aztec. Exactly. But it, yeah. but it was interesting. They said it, uh, part of their lineup included a one-ton pickup truck. Yes. So that would be interesting because most of the... I don't... Nobody makes a one tonner except for americans do they even the big tundras are like three-quarter ton aren't they i guess you could get them i think you're right maybe you you can know more about that than i do but i'm pretty sure you're right yes so this little company in in south korea who's building ugly golf carts think they're going to make a one-ton uh truck we'll see that that that's going to be interesting and but uh also they make electric scooters and I'm thinking, oh. I'm thinking maybe that's that's where they normally are is in the scooter business because that's what their cars look like. Um, hey, there's one other area that I didn't discuss with you before that I wanted to mention, and it's a little bit of self-promotion. I um, I struck a deal with um, a company called Business Wire, and it's now available on my site, theweeklydriver.com. On the right-hand side, it's an area that's called Recent Posts. And it's going to be changed a little bit to make it a little bit more prominent on the website. But basically what it is is that it's a business wire. Whatever field you're in, business wire will find content that's related to your field, in, in our case, you know, automobiles. And so throughout the day, uh, there's a constant feed of breaking news um, on the Internet about automotive things. And so uh, if someone goes to the website, theweeklydriver.com, and, and clicks on one of those things that have particular interest in the automotive world, the, the content appears, the link to the content appears uh, on an area of the website. But if somebody clicks on it, it goes to its own page on the same website, and then that information will be presented in, it, in its entirety. So you have uh, an area that just gives you the highlights, and then you have an area that gives you the full information and contact information 
in other areas, uh, you know, wherever it might be. So it's a way kind of having uh, an, an individual, individualized news service um, on, on a specific website. So I was pretty happy to get that new um, negotiation and new relationship with, with Business Wire out of San Francisco. So check it out when you have a chance, Bruce, on, on my site. Um, not on the front page yet, but on any, on any of the section fronts. It's, it's there on the lower right-hand side, and there's some, there's some neat information on it. That's that's cool. That sounds like peer-to-peer sharing. Where have I heard that before? Yeah, there you go. I okay, love it. got it. So. Huh. Well, what else you got down there? You see any great cars down there in uh, in Monterey? Yeah. Uh, lastly, I, I did. I did this morning. I was bringing a colleague in, uh, a friend of mine named Art Spander, who um, I became, he, I was um, when I was a young guy. He's in his eighties now. When I was a younger guy, I used to read his stories in the San Francisco Chronicle, and I kind of became a sports writer because of this guy. And and since he's in his eighties now, I've been giving him a lift to the golf course at Pebble Beach the last couple of days, and this morning we saw a Ferrari, a, a new Ferrari. It's, it's a smaller Ferrari, and I wasn't close enough to see what the um, what style it was, but I've never seen a Ferrari quite like it. It was it was almost uh, like a, for lack of a better term, it was like a, comp, a compact or a condensed Ferrari. It had a very unusual look to it in the back. It wasn't flared or didn't have any of that usual Ferrari look. But uh, it looked pretty cool. Huh, but you could see the name Ferrari on it. Yes, it was a Ferrari. It did have the famous, you know, prancing horse. But it just huh. looked like a Ferrari I haven't seen before. Maybe, it, maybe it's one I should have seen before. It just was unfamiliar to me. Well, if it's something new, it's going to be in Monterey. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and you and I, with any good luck, will be back here uh, next month for a day or two uh, to interview some people at Meekum Auction and do some other articles. And then, of course, in August, with any good luck, we'll be back here for Monterey Auto Week. So we do have some other areas, um, our, some of our favorite areas that we'll be reporting on and talking about and you know, doing some interviews with uh, interesting people who have all kinds. Could be a Toyota Corolla. It could be a one-off, you know, Pagani. You know, we, we don't know, but it's going to be great. Yeah, let's do the one-off Pagani. I don't want to do the Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play. I, yeah, but it would be great if they have those. God, we, what did we saw? We saw maybe 15 or 20 of them. Oh, in, yeah. In, yeah. Just in one area the last two, two years ago. It, it took our breath. So it took everybody's breath away. It was just great. Yep, it was, it was probably about every one they've ever made right there. Yes. Yes, probably. That was the uh, um, quail auction, wasn't it? Or, or not the quail auction, the quail motorsports gathering, I guess they call it. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. It's actually good to talk to you and uh, keep up the good writing down there and take some pictures of Tiger Woods for us. What are, okay, what are, what are his chances? Uh, yeah, I, I'll do that. Did you say, did you say Tiger? Yeah. I think uh, I think there's a pretty good chance he'll win, but um, wow. I'm I kind of not that I'm rooting, but I I think that there's so many other personalities and people who have done great things. I'm always kind of for the underdog, and he's not the underdog. No. But if he if he wins, it, of course it'll be it'll be worldwide news because he's you know chasing Jack Nicholas for the uh, most master. He has 15 major wins, and Nicholas has 18. And you know Tiger's had a, a controversial past um Checking. you know last six or seven years with all the things that have gone on in his life and and now he's back he won the master so it, every you go through the last 156 players and, and every guy in the field has a story you know whether whether from a, a, a 
distant country or they've overcome injury or they're there's, there's one guy in the, in the field who's 17 years old. There's guys in the field in their mid-50s. So it's it's um, it's a very diverse field of all kinds of stories. And, and one thing I could try to find out is if there are any guys in the field who are card collectors. I forgot to ask, but maybe I'll find that out. Okay, get on it for next time. All right. Take care, Bruce. All right, Thanks. you Let's too. Get all right, bye now. Bye-bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com. Your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer. Bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.